From Troy Public Radio, I'm Tim Phillips, and this is Clarinet Corner. Today on the show, I have a guest who's in Sylvania, Tommaso Longwich, and thank you so much for being here today. Hi, Tim. My pleasure. Hi. Now, um, I want you to talk to me a little bit about your background and where you are now and kind of what your career has, has been like. Yes, I, I'm like right now at this moment, I'm in Ljubljana, the capital city of Slovenia. This is where my uh, wife and my child are based. Um, and I try to come here as often as I can. But my full-time job is in Denmark. Mm-hmm. Um, I work in a chamber music ensemble there mm-hmm. uh, for the last 10 years. Uh, and besides that, I, I travel a lot for concerts, uh, a bit everywhere. Yeah. Now, I, I saw that you have a lot of uh, performing and a lot of uh, other teaching that you do in Europe. But I also saw that you were in uh, Maryland and that you actually studied here in America, too. Yes, that's true. Yeah, I, I grew up in Italy. Mm-hmm. And then when I was 16 years old, I moved to the United States. Um, and I went to the University of Maryland for my bachelor's degree. Okay. Uh, after that, I left. Uh, I left the United States, um, and I was studying in Europe for many years. Uh, and then I reconnected with the United States uh, over the last uh, eight years or so because I've, I've, be, uh, I've been playing uh, as a member of the German Music Society of Lincoln Center in New York. Mm-hmm. So I've been coming back um, to the U.S. in New York and for tours. Okay, yeah, because the, the Lincoln Center Chamber Music Society uh, performs in New York, but also around the around the country. They even performed in Montgomery just recently. Oh, yeah. Yep. So yeah, that's a and that's a huge uh, a huge deal to play with them. They're they're a fantastic group. So uh, I want you to t- talk to me kind of about your perspective on clarinet playing because uh, when I hear you, I hear a, a modern clarinet sound that I really like and uh, it's very expressive and and beautiful and and unique in its own way. And I want you to kind of talk to me about your your path to becoming the musician you are today. Well. I come from a musical family with uh, with no clarinetists in the family. It's uh, organists and composers and pianists. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was uh, the, the the clarinet was a new path in a way within that musical family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started out in Italy. Um, that's where I studied my first six years, and then uh, I went to the United States. Um, I studied there um, also with Lauren Kitt. The mm-hmm. uh, principal of uh, the National Symphony mm-hmm. uh, now deceased, and uh, so this was my impact at the beginning was a lot with the American school of um, orchestral playing, I would say. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, I studied in many different places in Italy, again in uh, Netherlands, and finally in Madrid uh, mm-hmm. and Switzerland. And uh, in Madrid, I was studying with Michel Arignon. Mm-hmm. who was a professor also at the conservatory in Paris. So um, there was suddenly a very different approach to clarinet playing. Um, um, difficult to describe in a few words, but yeah. let's say that um, between Lauren and Michel, you could really hear still a difference in, in national style in the playing. Um, and then after that with Francois Benda uh, in, in Basel and Lugano and Berlin. Um, so this mix was very important for me because uh, it allowed me to look at the clarinet uh, and at its music making potential from ma- many different perspectives um, and to kind of cross these national borders so yeah it's hard to, for me to tell now what kind of school my, my playing belongs to it, it is definitely um, been sifted it's a mix of uh, a lot of inputs yeah. um, and also also a bit of uh, um, period clarinet you know 
the five key uh, historical instruments and so on, uh, which I've kind of gotten closer through my friendship with uh, Charles Nydic and other uh, clarinetists. So, yeah, in this way, yes, it's a bit of a of a mix. Well, I think it's a it's a uh, a good thing to have this this broader concept of of clarinet playing throughout time and also throughout the different parts of the world because um, I think it opens up your uh, possibilities for different kinds of music to perform and obviously in your type of uh, situation a lot of different kinds of uh, performances around the world. Um, I was so happy that you that you came out with a, a CD recently and that you sent me a copy for the show. Uh, the CD is titled Moonwalk, and it uh, contains music of Busoni, Brahms, Debussy, Sasson, and Rager. And uh, talk me through uh, sort of the idea behind the CD and kind of the implication of the title Moonwalk. Well, the idea of the CD of the CD was uh, born basically out of a childhood dream. Uh, I really wanted to record a CD with my father uh, ever since I was a child. My father is a pianist and conductor, um, and uh, this was kind of um, uh, uh, really a project of passion, which I wanted to do, and I wanted to include the Brahms clarinet sonatas, for sure, as the mm-hmm. kind of pinnacle masterpieces of our repertoire. Um, and then I came to thinking around the issue of um, where Brahms placed himself in in his time and in the history of Western composition and how many people saw him as a conservative, but how, for instance, uh, Arnold Schoenberg uh, wrote the essay uh, Brahms the Progressive. Mm -hmm. And it made me think about how composers can place themselves um, either as conservatives or reactionaries uh, or as um, progressive uh, with respect to what they inherit. And because the album is recorded with my father, so it has a lot to do with uh, musical inheritance, both on the composer's side and, uh, of course, for me uh, and, and for my pa- for my father personally, uh, in the issue of how do generations communicate, how do they transmit passion for, in this case, for music, for instance. Yeah. Well, um, of um, course, the other composers on the on the CD are also relating to this topic, so Buzoni, Reger, Sansan, and Debussy. Yeah. Um, now, I I, th- I think I read something about Busoni that he was a child prodigy. It, did you come across that information? Yes, uh, Busoni was uh, an incredible uh, pianist. Uh, he was a prodigy. He was a composer. We have wonderful recordings of him still, um, uh, both on uh, like actual recordings and on uh, mechanical pianos. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the funny detail also when speaking about uh, this question of generations is that. Their role was reversed. He was actually the pianist son of the clarinetist father. So oh, okay. It was I also nice to do this, um, this piece, this elegy, uh, for me because of this kind of uh, strange connection. Yeah. Well, this is a, a gorgeous recording of the elegy in E flat major by Busoni. And uh, for my listeners, this is Tommaso Longwich and his father, Alexander Longwich, performing from their new CD, Moonwalk. And 
that was the Elegy in E-flat Major by Busoni, performed by Tommaso Longwich and his father, pianist Alexander Longwich, and it comes from their new CD, Moonwalk. So um, we talked a little bit uh, before the show began today about the dance, the Moonwalk dance and Michael Jackson, and I actually pulled that YouTube video up for my kids over Christmas uh, just to get their reaction, and they both were kind of shocked at what it looks like when he goes backwards, and now they're trying to do it. And um, tell me about, about your thoughts regarding that and the CD. Yes, we were thinking about uh, a title um, of how to collect all this music together, which is quite different music under one concept. And uh, and suddenly I had this idea uh, about the moonwalk of Michael Jackson. It has nothing to do with Michael Jackson's music. It has more to do with that exact dance move, mm-hmm. um, where which is very famous, of course, today, and where Michael Jackson goes backwards, but the look is as if he was going forward. So there is this double meaning, a kind of backing ahead or, or uh, um, you know, walking forward backwards. This idea that uh, there is a relationship with space and time, which is a bit confusing. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, you know, I'll read you a quote by Buzoni himself, because I think this connects very well to this idea of placing oneself in time and looking back uh, and moving forward or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buzoni writes, uh, by young classicism, young classicism was uh, um, a kind of aesthetic idea that he was trying to uh, to um, create and uh, communicate. By young classicism, I mean the mastery, the sifting, and the employment of all the gains of previous experiments and their inclusion in strong and beautiful forms. This mm. art will be old and new at the same time. And uh, and this is also what Michael Jackson did. He took um, a dance move which was already existing already for 20, 30 years before him, mm-hmm. um, but he perfected it and made it uh, extremely modern, extremely sharp, uh, and very impressive to look at. And nowadays, of course, we forgot all about the dancers that came before him who made this move. Yeah. Um, and just think about this as an iconic Michael Jackson move. So this was a way that uh, uh, Michael Jackson, an artist within his own uh, field of pop, uh, took something which was pre-existing and elevated it to a wonderful new level which became iconic and I think a lot of the composers on this recording um, especially Brahms I would say uh, were able to do that they reveled in old forms and they really respected the the masters that came before them as composers but they chose to install themselves in that tradition and to lift everything to yet another a level of expressivity yeah i i uh, i agree with that it's, it's such a such an interesting way of looking at this music let's go ahead and listen to the uh, the last movement of the sonata number one opus 120 by johannes brahms and this has lately become one of my favorite movements of these of these two sonatas which are late works of brahms and i think this is a this is a good uh, good listening uh, moment after what you just said so this is uh This is the Brahms, performed by Tommaso Longquish, clarinet, and his father, pianist Alexander Longquish. was 
the fourth and final movement of the Sonata Number no. 1, Opus 120 by Johannes Brahms, uh, Mark Vivace. And that's Tommaso Lunkwich, clarinet, and his father, pianist, Alexander Lunkwich. And today we're talking about his CD, Moonwalk, which has um, a, a lot of uh, really, really nice works, um, not only by Brahms, but Busoni, um, Rager, Debussy, and Sasson. And uh, we're going to end today's show with a, with a little bit from the Sasson Sonata. But uh, tell me kind of how you, how you grouped these, these pieces together. It's one of the most fascinating things for me to, to see how artists decide what they're going to put on a CD. We started off um, with the Brahms sonatas. We definitely wanted to record both Brahms sonatas. And then we opened the dialogue with my father about what might fit nicely on the CD. Mm-hmm. Uh, the San was a, was a great choice because um, um, I actually believe it to be a masterpiece for us, even though um, it is not so well known outside the, of the clarinet community. Yeah. Uh, but it is a very late piece of, of uh, San San written shortly before his death. And yet, even though it is composed in the 20th century, it sounds hyper-romantic, as if it had been composed 30, 40, 50 years earlier. Mm-hmm. So that, again, was uh, an interesting way of uh, seeing how a composer can choose his style um, in this in, in a kind of reactionary way in the case of Sansans, because he's writing this piece 15, 20 years after Greif Spring, um, uh, in, you know, 20 years after our... Um, three pieces by Stavinsky have been written, and of course, it sounds nothing like that. Right, it sounds uh, it sounds that, Brahms like Brahms, or uh, you know Robert yeah, Schumann yeah. or something. Exactly. It also shares, you know, the the E flat uh, tonality from the E flat uh, sonata of Brahms, mm-hmm. and even the theme. It sounds very similar. The very beginning of the theme of uh, Sansa. So it is a kind of it's. It's so similar in certain ways that it's hard for me to believe that Sansans did not relate to the E flat Brahms sonata uh, in some way, even just at the unconscious level. Yeah, and um, and also both of these composers were composing this sort of at the end of their lives, and I'm sure they weren't planning for for that to be the end of their lives, but it it ended up being that's what it was. Yeah, I think um, I'm not sure how much they were not planning it. I think that you know Sansans was very old. Uh, so he must have known uh, that he was nearing the end. And, and Brahms thought that he had been nearing the end for the last 10 years of his life, 15 years of his life. So mm-hmm. I think that uh, <laughs> uh, they were aware of the fact that these were definitely mature works. Yeah. Um, once, we, once we had these three sonatas, uh, we had the kind of centerpieces of the CD. And then we chose opposite works. So three little miniature, very small pieces, rarely heard. Uh, one is the Busoni, of course, that uh, you heard earlier, that opens the CD, mm-hmm. um, and then and that makes sense because Busoni was really at the center of this debate, and he was a great essayist, and he he wrote uh, widely and beautifully about what the future of music composition should be um, mm-hmm. earlier as a as a avant-garde, and then later uh, with this idea of uh, young classicism, so of looking back into history and pulling out of the past beautiful forms for the future. Yeah, uh, and then. Uh, the Rager and the uh, Debussy were again other ways of uh, composers to uh, find their path and uh, either break with the past. In the case of Debussy, really breaking with, um, uh, for instance, with German Romanticism and establishing a, a French sensibility. Um, and in the case of Rager, he had his, his own path uh, through how to manage tonality and so on. 
yeah. Well, um, it's it's a really nice compilation of, of works, and I, I like the philosophical um, idea of putting them together. Uh, and if anybody is uh, able to to get the CD and get the liner notes, there's a nice uh, libretto, which is not something you normally see in uh, CD liner notes. Usually, it's just a description of the pieces and maybe your uh, thoughts on the pieces. But this is sort of like almost reads like a play of of discussions. Um, about the about the pieces, which is an interesting way to look at it. So it's a, a new idea that I really liked, at least new to me. Um, yes, we had this idea that it would be nice to create a conversation between the composers uh, around all these topics of time and creation of, of art and uh, inheritance. So we, we created that. We researched the letters and the essays and uh, criticisms, and we created this conversation out of real bits of the writing mm-hmm. of the five composers. But of course, the conversation itself is uh, imagined by us. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, well, we'll end today's show with the uh, the final movement of the Sonata for Clarinet and Piano by Camille Sasson. And uh, for my listeners who may not know this piece, it begins, the first movement begins with a beautiful melody, and then the fourth movement uh, is fast and, and does all sorts of things. But then it kind of bookends from the beginning, and this beautiful melody comes back at the end. So you'll be hearing, uh, you know, basically a, a restatement of the beginning of the piece, uh, which is a really uh, fun thing to listen to and um, something my students rarely expect when I present this piece to them. They're, they're always surprised when it comes back. Um, it reminds me of the Dvorak Wind Serenade where it does that same thing at the end. It brings the beginning back. I, I really like that. Cool. Yeah, exactly. It is, in fact... This idea of moonwalk that we're speaking about, it is finally looking back and with a certain nostalgia, looking back at how we began and the, the path that we took. Yes. This is Tommaso Longquish clarinet and Alexander Longquish piano performing Cecil. the last movement of the Sonata for Clarinet and Piano by Camille Sasson, performed by clarinetist Tommaso Longwich and pianist Alexander Longwich, and it all comes from their new CD, Moonwalk, something I, I hope you'll check out. Thank you so much for being here, Tommaso. Thank you. It was my pleasure, Tim. You've been listening to Clarinet Corner, a production of Troy Public Radio and produced by Joey Hudson. I'm Tim Phillips, and there's a lot more where that came from. This is Troy Public Radio.